There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> you leave this song alone. It goes nowhere. Isn't it nice? Welcome to Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel. So, uh, I grew up in a little town called Winchester, Massachusetts. And um, it was a perfect little town and nothing bad ever happened. Almost nothing bad. And um, it was uh, very safe. The schools were good. I put good in quotes because uh, the schools are good. Racket to me is something that... uh, Needs to be delved into at some point, but there was really no serious crime. You could walk there all hours of the night. It's it was a it was a rich town, though. I lived in the poor part. I want the people to know that, just in case, um, just in case uh, all everybody else from that town who's in media is from the rich part. So Mark Ockerbloom, who's a TV guy here in Boston, rich side of town. Kirk Minahan, rich side of town. Pete Gustin, who does all the voices. You hear him in Jerry's show, actually. He does the open, the voice, the big voice. Rich side of town. Poor Tom Shattuck in the poor side of town. Anyway, but it was one of these places where um, there, you, you know, you you have uh, great self-esteem, essentially, because everybody tells you just how how good and smart and special you are. And, you know, the, the moms compete with each other and this and that. It was That's how it was, anyway. So we had intact self-esteems and great confidence, and we were sure. By the time I was seventeen, I knew that we that we were geniuses, and uh, you know, it was what is it? Um, John Lennon had a great John Lennon had a great line about genius. I forgot something about um, something about um, yeah, knowing he was a genius. I forgot what it was. Too bad. I guess it wasn't that great a line, or I'm not as much of a genius as I thought I was at 17. But um, I was—I used to be a big fan of that saying. Um, all right, Tom, let's recall the saying. Let's recall the saying. 
Um, I can't recall the saying. Oh, Christ. Come on, Tom. Um, what was the saying? What's the saying? It was about being a genius. Um, okay, they were. I was a big fan of. Here's another one: is the, there are those who see, there are those who don't. Uh, there are those who see, there are those who see when they are shown, and there are those who don't see. And at 17, I had the book of the great thoughts, all the quotes uh, like this, and and I was sure I could see. I just had it, you know. And um, um. Oh, yes, yes. The only thing, here's another, here's another great line. I don't think this is John Lennon, but this is a line I used to love when I was 17 in The Genius in Winchester. Was, um, uh, the only thing I know for sure is that I know nothing. That was a quote, too, and I thought, wow, there's something, you know, when you're genius level like me, there's something that, uh, that uh, really it makes sense to me. You know, it, it kind of uh, hits all the right uh, buzzers for me. And so... Uh, my experience in in Winchester with race was uh, almost n nil. I mean, we had one one guy in uh, elementary school, uh, one guy for a while, one guy went away, and then one guy we've had we had through all of the way through elementary school, and then uh, through middle school in high school, um, who we knew who was who lived in in my part of town, the poor part of town. And um, his, he was a great guy. Everybody loved him. He had all sorts of friends. And I don't know what he, I don't know what his experience was. Uh, um, he was a, like, did I mention he's a black guy? Uh, he, what his experience was in the town, I assume that, I mean, he had so many people, he still does on Facebook who love him. He's just a great guy. Uh, I assume it was, it was okay. I do remember that he, when the breakdancing um, <laughs> craze hit in the, early to mid 80s he was expected to know how to break dance damn right i mean that was in uh in breaking and breaking two and so you know he, that must have been very annoying for him i think at one point that he was expected to be the drummer in 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 uh chorus two because we didn't know anything we we're from winchester and we saw on tv that black guys were break dancing and so you know this guy he, he should know how i think he actually learned how probably begrudgingly he was like oh jesus i gotta appease these white idiots but uh, so, but our experience was was minimal. In in uh, you know, there were in by the time you hit high school, there were you know a handful more of uh, black kids. But it was really at that point. Now it's much different. I think in that town, it's very it's very uh, it's much more diverse in Winchester. But back then, it really wasn't. Um, and um, but so as a seventeen year old genius, uh, we didn't have. All that you saw from the black culture from Winchester is what you'd see on TV. So you'd see crime in Roxbury. Um, you'd see the 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 black guy had killed uh, Charles Stewart Stewart wife, and everybody has to go looking for him until he didn't kill Charles Stewart Charles Stewart's wife, and it was Charles Stewart himself. Um, and um, and of course there were there were positive representations too, like sports stars. Either you wanted to be Dwight Evans or Jim Rice. Jim Rice being the black left fielder for the Sox, who's a Hall of Famer now, I think. And so, you know, through sports, that's how you got to know other black people. But you didn't really, you didn't see too many in in, in, in town. You didn't, I mean, there just weren't that many black people. What am I saying? So, um, <clears throat> and then, of course, uh, all of my friends who were lived in the same street as I did, which is a small dead end on the poor side of town, by the way, if I didn't mention that already, um, um, they had, they, 
loved uh, heavy metal, and they all switched to loving uh, rap in WA. So, so that was it, and that was that was all that we knew. I, I was a huge talk radio guy then, but with the exception of a couple of hosts, you weren't really hearing a lot about uh, black inner city issues, uh, seatbelt laws, and uh, we had to, you know there's enough corruption in the state to 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 keep uh, to keep those audiences uh, satisfied. So when we did talk about what's going on with black people, it, because we were so bright and we were all just, uh, you know, the great white geniuses in, in Winchester. Um, and I, I'm sorry I'm, I'm using white so much. I hate the people like say, oh, old white men, too many white people. Oh, I'm, I'm not begrudging white people, you know. I, I have no, actually I do, I, most of my problems are with white people. That's, that's, I guess most of everybody's problems are with white people. Anyway, but. Um, and that reminds me that last yesterday's podcast, I got off the topic for, I'm going to pull over here for a second before we continue. Um, I said that since I was fat, I needed to, I, I visited my doctor and I said to my doctor, you need to say something that's going to scare me so that I lose weight. And I said to him, I said, Hey, just tell me I'm going to have a heart attack or something. And, he, and the doctor says, yeah, well, you're going to have a heart attack. I mean, that goes without saying that. Wow. That was good. Okay. Back to the subject. So 1991 or whatever, Winchester, Massachusetts, uh, upscale town. I remember talking about all the crime in like Roxbury and Dorchester, faraway lands when we were just teenagers back then. And, and, um, and the consensus was, yeah, I mean, everybody's shooting each other in the, those towns. Well, they should just move here. You know, we don't have shooting here. They should just move here. And, you know, we were all <clears throat> geniuses. We went to good schools, and we all wore the right clothes. And, and, uh, and you know, we were with the beautiful people. And, you know, we all got the Boston Globe and the New York Times. And so, you know, we we were just the best and the brightest in, in uh, Winchester, Massachusetts. We just knew, you know, they should just move here, stop shooting each other that easy, et cetera. So I knew how to fix the black uh, community condition long, long ago. I knew, I knew 25 years ago. I knew exactly how to fix uh, the condition for black Americans until I started talking to black people. And as I got into my 20s and worked, you know, back of the house jobs with more minorities in, <clears throat> and you talk to people. And then certainly when I got into the media, and you have more conversations uh, with folks, you realize that uh, it's not that easy. It's not not that moving to Winchester is easy at all. I couldn't myself now move to Winchester, uh, but it's the 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 current the twenty twenty situation for Black America is a long, long, deep, complicated conversation, and a lot of the answers are uncomfortable, and a lot are. And I, by the way, I'm not ta- I'm not going to go on something about my white privilege and Black Lives Matter, uh, the group, you know, the the organization right now. I'm I don't like sloganeering. I don't like I don't like I'm not a joiner and things like that. But you know, when you talk to a room full of mothers from Dorchester and Roxbury uh, who've lost their children to gun violence, who know where the shooter is, the shooter lives you know three doors down, and they can't do anything because nobody, no witnesses will speak up. And they can't uh, do witness protection and know that that's their reality, to lose a child. And why? Why is this happening? And there's so much to it. And it, it is, it's, it's tragic. And, and you, to hear these stories, it's, it, it just, 
it is a a tra- it is a sin really that they're so you know twenty percent of the population or whatever it is now it might be in the teens are deprived or feel like they're deprived of any chance at pursuing the American dream. Um, some of them are deprived of any chance of leaving their neighborhoods uh, alive. If you look at 50 shootings a weekend in Chicago, those are wartime numbers, you know? It's crazy. So, and I listen, believe me, I also listen to, like, Thomas Sowell and Larry Elder and, and, and guys who have divergent views from other folks who are more progressive on the left. And so you got to take all the information and say, okay, what are their problems? What's going on, et cetera? But since I've been spending the last... Uh, four episodes, and really, we've all been spending. I've been on Jerry Callahan's show and Feinberg's and Todd Feinberg's and and uh, VB's over at WRKO, talking about the black experience and talking about uh, you know racial equality and uh, and uh, you know how to um, you know in the plight of the black community. I figured it is t- about time that I talk to a black person and uh, one that I respect and admire. It, it's her name is Joyce Ferriabo Bowling. She and I come from totally two two different areas politically. Um, she has been in democratic politics, so she's got some of that. Um, but she's also been somebody who I could have honest conversations with when I when I was dealing with issues that she's been dealing with. She is a black woman. She is a I would say certainly a thought leader, and she is a political consultant. And she is a columnist, Joyce Ferry about bowling. You can look her up. She writes for the Boston Herald. Sometimes we have her in the in Lowell Sun. And so I wanted to talk to her, and I did. And we talked for probably fifty minutes or so. And um, in, in a lot of the conversation, I was deferential. You know, a couple of times she got a couple of you know political shots in it at, uh, at Trump or this or that, or said not everything she said were things that I totally agreed with. And and I didn't challenge her on the spot to some of those things because this was not a debate. I had asked her to come on to have a conversation. And a lot of the conversation had to do with her experiences and experiences in the black community uh, in Boston, uh, civil rights experiences, civil rights experiences, and 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 the, the to kind of take the temperature of the community. So if you're hearing something that you don't agree with and you say, Tom, why don't you challenge that? That's not really what this was. A couple of things I did kind of uh, – ch- I wouldn't go there with her in a couple of couple of things. But I wanted to learn from somebody who's a good person, who's um, who's somebody who has helped me out when I've needed help. And at the end of the day, those are the people who, who matter. People helping people is the way, uh, the way this works. If you've uh, had a loved one at a, f- a funeral for a, a, a parent – you know, a lot of times the people who visit are all from all walks of life because the party politics doesn't matter. Ideology doesn't really matter. What matters is people helping people, supporting people, and being decent human beings. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to roll this. Joyce and I just talked. And uh, once again, it's Joyce Variable Bowling. I don't know if she's on social media, but you can find her columns at the Boston Herald and sometimes at the Lowell Sun, where, by the way, you should be subscribing. And um, and this is our conversation. I, I really loved it. I, I will say this, because folks who follow me f- simply for my politics, um, I will say this. This 
I had 500 more questions to ask her. She was only supposed to be on for 20 minutes. I kept her for about 50 minutes. Um, and this conversation is not done. She has, uh, she has very generously agreed to talk more. And so don't worry if you think there's a bunch left on the table. There's a bunch left on the table. But uh, I, think, uh, I think we made some, some good uh, headway, and it was a good start. Okay, we are here with Joyce Ferriable Bowling. She is a political consultant, an op-ed writer for the Herald, and a um, an oracle of wisdom for me to go to when I <laughs> when I need uh, questions answered and uh, just uh, some friendly advice. Uh, Joyce, thanks for uh, taking the time. Anytime, Tom. Thank you. Okay, Joyce, you and I politically were kind of on different ends of the aisle, but for what's going on. <laughs> For what's going on right now um, with these protests and this massive cultural change that changes happening, at the core of it, I think we're at, this, at the same place. And then that's that George Floyd was murdered. And, um, and it's heartbreaking, and he didn't have to die. Um, it, obviously, that there, there's all sorts of uh, protests, etc. And I... I, I I think protesting is healthy and telling these stories is healthy. And the more people, the more speech that's out there is, is um, good. First of all, um, I just want to ask you, do you think, is this, is this an, an exercise in performance art that's happening by a lot of folks? Or is this largely symbolic? Or do you actually expect change? You've been in politics before. Yeah. Well, I can, as a black woman, I can tell you that... Um, I am just so thrilled by what I'm, I can call a sea change here because um, as a black mother, I've had to have the talk with my son about uh, the behavior of <clears throat> police, and I'm not saying all police. Um, even my son has, you know, had, uh, you know, a not so... Uh, you know, he's a pretty straightforward kid, um, college educated in law school. And, um, you know, he happened to ask a question and he was a smart ass kid thrown up <laughs> against a, a car. Um, and so and it was a joke that mm -hmm. he was, you know, college educated from Roxbury. Right. So <clears throat> this has been happening for generations in the black community um, and it's only been recently that folks have said this is outrageous we've got to do something about it uh, like when you have people you know good kids like DJ Henry uh, here um, in Massachusetts killed um, not just George um, Floyd uh, but I think he was the t you know the, the turning point um, in everything because people saw it live and in living color, I call it. Yeah. Um, and the good thing about it, the good thing about it is that people of all races and all nationalities have, you know, joined to say this is outrageous and it's enough. And we never had that critical mass. The black community would, you know, say this is wrong they would, you know, uh, you know, uh, protest a little bit, and then we go back uh, to our corners, feeling like, hey, this is going to keep happening to us. That's really the way it was. And I'm a middle class black 
woman. So mm-hmm. I can tell you it's everyone, um, you know, and, you know, the stopping while black, you know, all of those things. They're a reality. I know that many white people um, believe that, oh, you know, they're making it up, they're, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but w- once you see it, and I'm not just, again, like I said, the um, the person who was killed, his name escapes me, in um, in Atlanta. In Atlanta, yeah, is another story. I mean, you see it on TV, and it's like, did he deserve to die for that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, and you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so I have. I have looked at that uh, tape a bunch of times, and I also think that there was no reason for him to die at all. I mean, the guy had a bad night. Obviously, he, he got out of control when they tried to arrest him. But it seems to me at that he was running away. You know, it was yeah. it was kind of over, and they shot him in the back. I, I, I know. I would I would tend to think that those those police regret that and probably will regret it forever. And it seemed like the the, the interaction was going well as well as to be expected for forty minutes. And and uh, and I I differ. Believe me, with a lot of um, friends of mine who are more conservative minded uh, than that. But I just think that the that that man was running away, and that was over. And uh, his Richard Brooks is the man's name who was shot. Right. Um, it was overkill. Uh, yeah. And and it was overkill. Right. Um. And and that's one of the reasons why. There needs to be police reform up and down yeah. the line, because I think that what happens and, and this is kind of like human nature. Uh, what happens is that sometimes when you're in a position where, um, you know, you're in a position where you have, a, you know, you make the choice between whether somebody lives or dies and you know that you're sheltered from. Uh, with the qualified immunity from being uh, prosecuted. Um, And, uh, you know, you do things that you may not normally do. It's human nature. That's why you put rules and regulations in place for how you deal with people. I mean, you you know, um, and, you know, I would not want to take away the police, uh, their right to, you know, stop an egregious act. Right. Don't get me wrong. I would not want to uh, tie their hands, but there's some lessons that have got to be learned here um, uh, about, you know, just the military militarization of the police force that we saw in Washington, D.C., I mean, peaceful demonstrators in the park, um, and you know, just just too many things that need an overhaul. Now, I, you know, I wrote that I do not believe in defunding uh, the police. I do think that uh, we need to, you know, uh, uh, restructure. Maybe absolutely, yeah. we need to restructure. I think, you know, I think one of the newspapers, it could have been the Herald, talked about the outrageous overtime that some of, you know, the folks, uh, the police officers were getting. And they talked about this one uh, police officer 
who was chastised for it, but yet still is there continuing yeah. to pick up more money than the governor makes, uh, maybe even more than the president of the United States makes. <laughs> but but I'm just saying to you that that is outrageous. Right, but Joyce, um, uh, Joyce, how do you address it? I mean, that's... Those are in this particular scenario, and I don't want to do you know just political jousting. In this particular scenario for Boston, you're dealing with all elected Democrats, and that's a police union. These are, I mean, are you going to the Democrats politically detach themselves from the union or try to liquidate liquidate the union? Well, here's what I feel like because I voted for I'm I'm an independent voter, and I voted for Republicans, and I voted for Democrats. I don't care well who knows about it. I'm not. Yeah. I think that the police union should be defunded. Hmm. Uh, that's who I feel should be defunded. Um, I think that, you know, I have not heard yet for, for anything from them that says, okay, uh, we see it. Uh, we know things need to be fixed. We're willing uh, to do that. But they jumped strongly on Rachel Rollins. My God, they have beaten her down to the <laughs> floor. Now, they didn't want her there in the first place. I got it. Um, and, you know, uh, she speaks her mind, but they've been outrageous uh, toward uh, her, a duly elected by, uh, you know, a major majority um, you know, I'd like yeah. to see them come up with a uh, plan that uh, says, you know, uh, we know some stuff that needs to happen and here's what we want to do. But I bet you, I'm willing to bet you that they're not going to step up like that. They want to keep things just as they are, <laughs> even as the world and the nation is changing and wants change from them. Well, that is very interesting. First of all, for people who don't know, listening, uh, Rachel so, Rollins is the yeah. DA of Suffolk County, and she's uh, she's a more progressive DA than we've had, and she's uh, very focused on kind of uh, criminal justice reform issues, amongst other things. So people can look her up. Um, but so it's very interesting, uh, Joyce. So you kind of about you know defunding the unions that would put you in line you'd get bipartisan support for that in other parts of the country <laughs> there are big conservative thinkers who have been behind that saying to do that forever and that's kind of what happened in new jersey in that town that everybody mentions that um that defunded the police they essentially it was a backdoor way to get rid of the union camden camden yes camden. exactly yep so now let me let me ask you um You'll hear, and you said a lot of uh, white people don't believe these stories. I think now more than ever, thanks to video, it's getting it's front and center. It's in your face, so it's hard to not see these things happening. And it makes me it's it's horrifying for me to think how many things happened when there was no video, you know. Oh, and, oh. I, and I guess well, that's your experience. That I mean, I, I grew up in Winchester, Massachusetts, where this was not a problem. You know, had, know. had, had little had twenty five year old Tom Shattuck been shot running away from the police, um, heads would have rolled immediately, and there would be a Tom Shattuck law around this state. You know, within a month. You know, I know, you, I know. Um, but okay, but Joyce, what about the fact that people say, well, okay, there are there's police misconduct in these black communities, but there are more incursions because there are more phone calls for help from these communities. Well, let me just say something that bothers me, um, Tom, yeah. um, and and that is that, um, you know, folks try to obscure the real issue 
by saying, oh, well, in the black community, you're like killing your own, um, as though, you know, that's the same thing we're dealing with. It's apples and oranges. The reason why folks run roughshod in the community is just because the police rarely have come. Hmm. When people have needed help, there's been a tradition of the police not showing up, not being there. Now, it's changed somewhat because people are like, well, everybody deserves public safety. But the issue of how they treat and kill black people uh, with abandon and black-on-black crime is two different things. Neither one of them are, you know, to be, you know, they're both, you know, pretty bad. Um, and I think that community policing, um, the the model that we have here, the Boston miracle, it's frayed. It needs to work better. There's too many guns being dropped in our community. And because people have not had uh, jobs, you look around, the uh, unemployment, all over the nation, unemployment rate for black people. So the, under- the underground economy uh, is is burgeoning and we need to do some serious work from the years in which this community was abandoned and that people took um, the law into their own um, hands because the police as long as you killed yourself in that small parameter that you know you talk about my very best friend in Brookline, she used to say to me, Jesus, if that happened in Brookline, we'd throw up a, a thing and, you yeah. know, uh, and we would. But no, it, as long as they kept it in among their folks, it was okay. Mm. Now the whole nation sees what we've been trying to say for a while. Now, look, at I've said to friends of mine who have said, oh, my God, thank God this day has come. Um, thank God it's come. We've got to take advantage of this and change it. We can't have a, another generation um, going through this. Um, and again, if we don't grab this by the horns and and change the way that the uh, that um, the police and uh, communities of color get along, shame on us because we will have handed it down to another generation for the same kinds of of murders that you've seen, and that you, even in a conservative state, have said, wow, geez, did he deserve that? Um, And I think it's across the board people are seeing it. The only person who's not seeing it uh, to the extent he should is Donald Trump. That vague uh, police reform act, that his black guy, I'm sorry, the only black senator um, is Tim Scott is chilling. of Florida. Yeah, I don't. And he says America's not racist. Where you been? What planet you been <laughs> on? Is what I'm trying to say. It's been absolutely built uh, on uh, some racial dynamics. So, I mean, it, it you can't. You know, the whole idea of slavery, the whole idea of, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, killing all the bad engines. Um, You know, it's one of the reasons I hate the um, Christopher Columbus 
stats, you know, many of my Italian friends are like, well, you know, he's one of our heroes and so forth and so on. And I said, oh, my God, they don't even know what this guy uh, did. Or maybe everybody else looked the other way while he just raped, they raped and pillaged. Um, and there's, and there's no doubt about the Columbus thing. And there's uh, you cannot say that that this country um, it did not if, use slaves as property to build the foundation of the country. I don't think anybody could say that with a straight face. I mean, absolutely. But but tell me this: uh, there are there's no civilization that didn't have slavery. Certainly, right. Oh yeah, and I wrote about that. Remember, I, one of my articles, I said yeah. everyone um, has had. Uh, slaves and slavery, and I mean, to the victor went the spoils, and with that, you know, slavery, rape of women, and and all of that was, you know, um, a part of it. It's why we talk about what is structural, what is had sort of built in the foundation, <laughs> as as opposed to what is cosmetic. You know, now what's been happening, uh, unfortunately, except for. You know, I'll go back to the Civil Rights Act of 1964. You know, without that, the gay community would not have had the victory um, that they had uh, just recently that you could work without people saying, you're gay, let's get rid of you. I mean, um, and there was just, you know, so um, I think my point is that We've got to dismantle some stuff that um, continues to um, um, denigrate people. Um, and, uh, and, and by race, I mean, what, what's happened is that sometimes, you know, the white community says, oh, well, they're always complaining. They always feel. <laughs> now you're seeing, I mean, everybody is saying the same thing. Nobody is saying anything different. It's part of the fabric that people would like to uh, want well, people to see now. I'm not going to defend uh, the white white people as a whole, but I would say that like I've I have grown um, I've grown you know angry more at more at kind of the left in this country because I'm sure you've heard this before because we lose you know 60 people get shot a weekend in Chicago. And it's only going to get worse. These are war wartime casualties happening to young black men in Chicago and young black uh, women know. and little babies and moms and dads. And that's not. And it's not breaking news. It's incredible to me. So, like, so, it kind of just makes you want to say, you know what? I guess nobody cares. You know. Well, I I said before, I think as long as it happens in a small parameter and it doesn't you know, spill over into Lakeside uh, in, um, you know, Chicago, as long as it's contained, when it starts to spill over uh, in the white areas, you're going to hear some serious uh, screaming. And that's not to say that it does not need to be put down in, in the communities in which it's happening. What it's saying is that the conditions have been created in that community, the denial of different uh, rights, no work, uh, mm-hmm. no support. Right. Um, black folk have made it a, a situation that 
um, is just untenable. I don't know exactly what it will take to, um, you know, put that down. I'm going to tell you I was thrilled that the police round up a number of, um, you know, gang members uh, of color um, Mm. because that's kind of part of it. Um, But, you know, we've just, we have created situations. We have institutionalized things that have kept people um, out and away, um, incarcerated Mm -hmm. uh, at a rate that's, you know, four or five times everyone, a, a, a white person, a justice system that's totally racist. Um, so we have, you know, kind well, of, you know, it. Joyce, I just want to, I mean, I certainly think if you look at the statistics, it, it, many more young black men are going to jail for marijuana, uh, busts, uh, around the country yeah. than white. And, um, but I mean, I, 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 so, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I don't agree that it's totally racist. I definitely think that it's almost an impossible situation for many young black men in those communities with no jobs, with uh, no assets or uh, safety net from mom and dad because of years of redlining, et cetera. I think it's a, I, I, anyway. Well, what I, do you think that comes from, Tom? It comes <laughs> from discrimination. No, I, I know. You're it, right. It, it, You're right. You're no, right. but I'm saying to you, it comes from people being discriminated against in housing. That's where you got redlining. Yep. The mortgage scam. Do you remember the big mortgage scam? This is the predatory um, loans. And, and, yeah, and, and it's like, okay, you know, black folks so desperate to, you know, have a piece of the apple, uh, the pie, and, 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 and get shunted. Many of them houses foreclosed. You've got to look mm-hmm. at these systems. Well, and I, I would and even then, say if you look at the great society here in creating these huge, junky housing developments, which, which is oh. going to, to what you said before, really, kind of confining uh, you know, these terrible conditions to certain areas. Like, I guess, is Caprini Green one of those in Chicago? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where uh, um, I think um, Governor Patrick lived as a, oh, really? oh. as a, a kid. Um, but it's, you know, I remember my mother was a young mother. Um, and one of the things that she said was that her children um, would never live in, live in, um, in housing um of that, it was just to ca- it, it's sort of like caging people, mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's awful. I mean, look at you can study anything, you know, even studying the veterans, um, black veterans at, in in um, Vietnam, which I have two brothers, and white veterans going even all the way back to World War Two. I mean. Even in um, Greenwood, which is the place that uh, people are very kind of in Tulsa, it's a section of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, It was called the, you know, Black Wall Street. (laughs) And an angry mob uh, set out and, you know, kind of, you know, burned it down. Some people say, geez, I wonder what would have happened if they had continued and showed you know how it was done, but black folks were scared, and they got scared, and they felt um, subservient. 
Um, again, there needs to be wholesale change, Tom, just as from my perspective yeah. as a, a black woman and seeing it face to face. And, you know, my husband was a public servant and mm-hmm. uh, people still call us every day or, you know, not every day, but they still call us for help uh, trying to navigate things that you would never believe. Um, and, you know, we've had to fight scourges where, you know, people dulling themselves with dope because they haven't been able to get, you know, creating worse situations for the community. Yes. Um, And if you look back in the 80s, of course, the the crack cocaine epidemic was criminal. Now that... uh, now that the opioid epidemic has hit uh, the suburbs, it's now a health issue. So, okay, <laughs> so I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Jeez, I'm, I'm, I'm changing yes, your perspective a little bit here, Tom. <laughs> I'm with uh, you. You know, because you you don't know it until you actually um, kind of experience it. You know, and I know people have wanted these drop-in, you know, needle exchange places and stuff like that. Things that. The black community never had. They just kind of let it go until it just kind of ha- basically destroyed a whole, um, you know, community, a whole people. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know, I mean, people are moving really quickly because when you look at um, the average addict, they're white now. So I agree. But again, like I said, there needs to be a top to bottom look at everything uh, that had, like, let me just tell you, a person said to me, Joyce, give me an example of what's structural and what's cosmetic, because I said people are tired of the cosmetic. Well, the cosmetic is you complain about not um, getting a job or not in a certain job market. So they create a program for you, and the program helps you get in. Well, the program dies doesn't have any funding, there's nothing that, uh, executive orders, there's nothing that says you can't just brush by them and um, get rid of them, and then people are in the same boat that they started out with. Structural means that you actually, if you're talking about the police department, that you actually get more people of color in the police and fire department. That changes the structure, right. okay? Uh, if you're talking about Boston Latin uh, School, um, you know, we've known that the test has, uh, you know, blocked us from getting in. Now, when did they believe what we were saying? When the test maker said it's a discriminatory uh, uh, process. Hmm. Um and so you've got to really look at the deep for the structural uh, issues. Um, you know, the cosmetic things is just like a, a Band-Aid over a gaping wound, and it doesn't last. Um, you know, you just put something in place hoping that it will stick, and it doesn't. It doesn't do anything right. to change the foundation you know, of racism. So let me tell you something else that's, that's I would say, a popular thought in, um, in the white community, is that all this talk of racism and all of these, all this, these narratives of the world working against you, etc., um, while the you know, white kids are being told, you can do anything, the world is yours, hard work, the American dream, etc., etc., 
and there's a feeling that that um, that you're crushing the dreams and aspirations and snuffing out the audacity to succeed in people before they ever get a chance. So in other words, it does a 16-year-old kid in the black neighborhood think he has no chance in this world or not? Well, this is why I so appreciate seeing the young white kids who are not taking that crap. They know uh, many of them are privileged. Many, really, you've talked to them, and people have talked to them, and they're saying no more, like the kids from Parkland. I mean, how long have we been fighting uh, gun violence? And, you know, they're the kids who have to take it because they're the schools that, you know, the gunmen come into and, you know, you know, you got the president and everything. Oh, it's a mental health uh, issue. Well, listen, people are tired. They see the injustices. The young woman, Greta, uh, for uh, climate change, you know, we've got some people. I'm not going there you know, with you, Joyce. I'm not going to Greta with you. But I, get, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. But I'm, what I'm saying is, like, you've got a son who's a, a, an achiever. He's making his way. He's 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 got a fruitful life. He's a, a, a intelligent young man, and he's the world is his oyster. Um, but was is that something that you not would, necessarily? Well, okay. Um, well, do you? I mean, no. I'm going to tell you why, Tom. Yeah, okay. I'm going to tell you why. Okay, and you already know it. And there's been enough studies, and I'm sick of the studies. Um, you can have a very bright kid, and my kid is very bright. Uh, he comes from good stock, I have to say that. His father was a well-known public servant. His grandfather was a well-known public servant. His that's uncle royal. was. That's royal, right? Right. The royals, the royals, and Bruce and the royals, I call them. <laughs> um, um, and, but other, you know, I don't, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't see where he will have the same opportunities as a kid from Winchester or a kid from uh, a, a white kid from um, uh, Weston because I think that um, the discriminat- gr- discrimination has been so embedded that if the two of them went together and my son's head over heels over the white kid, the white kid's going to get um, hmm. selected. It's you, happened do you, do you, over and over Jason, and over. You, now, I'm not s- trying to say I won't be optimistic, Tom. Right. I know what you're going to say. I can tell you kind of breathing, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I feel like... i to stop giving my tells so easily. I know, but I'm just saying that, yeah. and I do feel that there's a change, and I do feel that it's coming from the young kids. Um, that's why I love seeing them out there. Because they're saying, oh, no, uh-uh, mm-hmm. you're not going to do this. And uh, we're going to be the ones to kick down the doors, black and uh, white kids. Like the kid that, that did the petition uh, to get rid of that hideous damn statue of, um, uh, Stonewall Jackson? Um, of uh, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you don't like that statue? The, Oh, my God. With the kid that looks like an animal or something? I mean, how are you, you know, I mean, it, it just, listen, the first time I saw it, it just, 
was nauseating as a little kid seeing it. So when he huh. said, and he's only like 23 or 25, when he says, you know, it, it, it really hurt me to see that. I mean, why do we want to see our kids over and over, you know, like you you have evolved from slavery. You're, you were one, your people were once slaves. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's just like if you're talking about equality, um, you know, let's, I mean, I'm not even crazy about, look at, I, I respect Juneteenth. I know it's a Southern, uh, you know, um, celebration yeah. and, um, you know, and I'm Northern not to be funny about that. But I think that the more the better thing to do is to get our businesses um, so that, you know, do Nubian Square, raise Nubian Square up. The people are trying to make that work. Yeah. Put some money into that and make it work. That's where I think the real, um, you know, change uh, comes yes. when you and actually bring something up. I agree, and I do. I'm, and I'm gonna I'm gonna criticize the uh, middle class uh, white people who are who are largely liberal, who are taking this moment to take a knee and do the black power sign right now, while it's popular. My worry is that, my worry is those people once the cameras are off, they're going away. When what they should be doing is going to Nubian Square and going into the uh, the black communities and and. Buying goods and services and, you know, get in there. If you want to, you know, be part of this movement, if you want to help the human element of uh, your brothers and sisters in these communities, then do it. Don't just have a Facebook picture of yourself doing the black power symbol and then... I hear you. Now, that much I do agree with you about, Tom, because um, sometimes our liberal friends and our progressive um, friends, um, you know, they're not... Uh, simpatico to the degree right. that they think they are, and you know, and it's it, it's it, it it goes with um, actions speak louder um, than words. It's not enough to say, well, I have black friends, so what? I mean, but but right. you don't know their suffering, and you need to now. One thing I can say because I know that the Herald like torpedoes Elizabeth Warren all the time. <laughs> But, but but one of the things that she has said that was so absolutely true, of course, and I wrote an op-ed um, supporting her, is that the judicial system and the criminal justice system is racist. And it absolutely is every step of the way that you look at it. There's no, if you want to look at it, there are some people who don't want to look at well, she it. Said so from front very... to, she said from front to back, and that's the biggest part I had a, a problem with because... There are some really good people in the criminal justice system, including officers of the law. And as a matter of fact, I was just—I'm writing an editorial about uh, about uh, the police, and I'm looking at all the dead police who were the police who were shot and killed. And some of these guys—these are a lot of young black men are in there. And these are these are family men and with in and, and good people that are that are dying. And so I just don't like the vilification of of people putting themselves in the line. You know, I obviously well, I don't, and, and I'm going to tell you something. Honest to God. And I don't either. But you know what? When the stuff happens over and over again, a lot of times people uh, paint people with a broad stroke. But I don't. I believe that most of the police are good guys who like veterans, 
Yep. They go into it to serve. I do think that the handful of negative guys makes the whole police force look bad. And that's why I feel that Absolutely. the police need to step up. I know some of them have the Houston Police Commissioner, Acevedo, Oh, what's his is it name? Acevedo? Uh, is it, it, yeah. Some... He, he said, look, I'm going to call it as I see it. Because they're making everybody, they're making the good guys look bad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there was all this like, oh, some of them are taking the knee, and they're taking the knee, and that's nothing. Look, if they were taking the knee, they're trying to show that there's, uh, that's how I'm taking it, that there's some patigo with the movement. Um, and maybe they don't, you know, they're not like in lockstep with everything, but they want change too. And I, I feel, I really feel that when stuff hits the fan, mm -hmm. you want to see a police officer there. Yeah. That's, you know, you, you want to see a police officer, uh, on the scene. Yeah. Hey, Joyce, I want to go back to something. I, so go ahead. Go ahead. I what go back. I don't like is that. How they approach it, you know, as though, uh-oh, this is a black person, um, there must be something up, uh, right. you know, that kind of stuff is is ingrained, needs to have a little more oversight, mm -hmm. um, because I don't believe that most police officers are bad, but I do believe that the few who think it's okay to kill people and, and put a knee on the neck yes. is making all of them look bad. I agree. And I would also let people know that but I, I've, I'm, I'm converted on, on this issue of criminal justice reform. I'm more on board than I've ever been before because, very simply, we're also not the same people at 32 that, than we were, that we were at 22. Like, That's true. You know, sometimes we screw up. Sometimes we're screw-ups for years. I was not a good 20-year-old person. Um, and, you know, it, it, had my life been based just on that and I entered the criminal justice system, I, I would, you're, there's no way out of it. You're screwed. No, I got you. No. But, but, but no. I'm, I'm speaking. And if, and if you're black, you're going to get double what you got <laughs> and right. you're going to have to crawl out from under a heavier sentence than you would have gotten. Yeah. Okay. No. So. I'm just not saying everybody, and I, again, like I said, I don't, I'm not going to put a broad, um, you know, stroke on uh, things. I mean, I, I've seen some folks in my community that have really needed to be um, put away, but I feel like uh, their circumstances were such that, you know, no job, no help, you know, kids starving, you know, no, I mean, it, it's like... Um, there's a old whispers um, song um, mm. that nobody noticed me. Uh, mm. People need to listen to that, um, you know. Uh, and it, it just talks about you know a young black boy who's you know trying, all full of hope, and then everything he tries, he's knocked down. Mm. Uh, anybody, any human being, um, would absolutely recoil from that, and that's why I'm so happy that 
everyone sees what's happening now. It's not a hidden kind of thing. It's not a thing where, oh, God, we can't talk about it. And if we do, you know, our family's going to get hurt or we're going to get hurt. We just have to accept it. I mean, this we've accepted uh, the violence from people who are sworn to, um, you know, for to serve us as public servants. We've taken it. I mean, there have been situations where the police have taken over whole communities. I mean, um, and, you know, the fear and, and, and so forth. I just am happy that it's a new day. Yeah. And I have hopes that it will be a new day because people, you know, even like you who are very conservative, you know, who are, uh, lean yeah. more conservative. And I think we all have the issues. Right. No, there's no, <clears throat> there's no doubt about it. The condition of our country is a condition of all of us. It is not just a condition of, of people in our own comfortable towns. Um, so two quick things before I let you go. I've only kept you a half an hour longer than I thought because I, I am okay. so fascinated with this conversation and I love it. Um, and we can do it again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One is I was a little um, – I got a tinge of sadness when you said that you thought that your son wouldn't get the job over the two kids from Winchester in Weston. And 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 I think if that was true, it prob- would probably be because, you know, they're buddies. Uh, there's patronage, and their friends went to the same Ivy League schools with their dad's That's uncle. True. And that all stuff. of that. There's all but, of that. Yeah, Tom, but all I, of that. But I do hope you that – I don't think this country – I don't think people have – Largely, I do not think that the Americans have hate in their heart for white Americans for black Americans, and I think that if you went to a Trump rally, you would be accepted with open arms and celebrated. And and I just worry that the media and just politicians and just the ugliness of it all has us demonizing each other's sides so much that you know a lot of this stuff that people are generally good. I agree. And you know what, Tom? We see that with the handling of the pandemic, the other Mm -hmm. pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic, because racism is one, too. Um, And people see that, how we've stepped out, how we've embraced each other. Now, you know, I have some issues on the way that the veterans have been treated and also the way that seniors have been uh, treated. I have issues with that, um, but uh, far and above, um, we have treated people uh, decently, <clears throat> and <clears throat> we've also, especially the mayor, has stepped out for the little guy. Uh, you know, knowing that uh, blacks have for centuries. Um, not had the kind of access uh, to uh, quality health care, no supermarkets, and and has helped to um, fill the gap, so to speak. Uh, So many beautiful things have happened uh, in terms of people helping other people. That's the American way, and what I'm hoping is that that transfers to how we solve the other pandemic, that we find ways to really open our eyes and see. Right. Um, and as we are doing, and open, it, open our ears to hear it, but also to act. 
all this other stuff, it doesn't mean anything if yeah. the system isn't changed. Hey, can I ask you very quickly before I let you go, one uh, quick thing is um, all the other stuff includes small symbolic stuff, and I, I'm asking your wisdom in this. So they're changing the Aunt Jemima bottle. I, I think originally it was modeled after an African-American freed slave, but whatever, it's changed. And um, to a Mrs. Butterworth uh, thing, too, I think is changing in Uncle Ben's rice. Right. I, 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 I don't... Are those things racist? Should those things be changed? You know what? I, I was thinking about that, Tom, and I'm... You know, I'm not too sure. I mean, I... Uh, you know, and when I look at things that I think are, you know, huge um, barriers, yeah. I I don't see them as huge barriers. I mean, do I like Aunt Jemima? Yeah. I don't think it was a, a negative in any way. Uncle Ben's, I, I don't see it as as negative as... Uh, people, the unemployment rate for black people, right. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm it's a comparative right. kind of thing. And some of the stuff, you know, like I'm pretty um, shocked by. But again, there are some things like uh, one of my friends who's an architect, he's a black architect, and he is just fabulous. And he was describing a project and so forth. And one of the people... Um, who was questioning him uh, was from an all-white architectural firm. And I believe that she felt as though, wow, uh, I ne you know, actually she called and said, I want to know what I can do to make sure that we have more folks of color, um, you know, in our uh, organization. Those are the kinds of things that, uh, you know, begin to change right. a system. I kind of like feel that the uh, and, and statues that are horrific. I think that that's more important than the cosmetic. And, I, and for some reason, I would put Aunt Jemima and um, Uncle Ben's in the cosmetic thing. Right. I mean, I don't see where it's you know, it's not like the Indian being shot in the head is one of the, you know, uh, um, uh, things that, you know, are embraced by a, ba a baseball, you know, right. uh, you know, it, 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 it isn't. And I, and I think that Uncle Ben is handsome. I like seeing him. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Aunt Jemima, uh, you know, she's the best syrup around yes uh you know and she's not distorted she's not looking like mammy um and she's not you know so i just think that there's gradations of stuff i think people uh internalize things and feel sorry for a lot of different things uh well the things that i feel most um are most important are, are those things that you know, help you live uh, your life, uh, have you uh, be able to, to feel free mm -hmm. and that you can, um, as you suggested, my kid uh, can stand up against anyone and still get the job. Um, you know, that other stuff 
to me is cosmetic, yes. really. <laughs> Even the celebration of Juneteenth. I mean, yes, the end of slavery was, um, you know, a, a, a great thing. I'd like to see more black businesses get opportunities than now exist. Here, here. Um, that's, to me, structural. The other is cosmetic. Joyce Ferry Bowling, thank you so much. It is a uh, gift to know you and to be able to talk to you, as it was to know uh, Bruce Bowling, who is, uh, if, if you guys listening out there don't know Bruce Bowling, look him up. He's, it's worth it. Um, this has been a blast. We have so much to talk about. I kept you long this time. Hopefully we can do it um, in the future again and again. And uh, I don't think people from my um, political ideology and people from your political ideology and two different life experiences as well talk enough. And I think it's important that we do this. And let's do it again. Thanks, Tom. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joyce. So there we go. That was Joyce Feriabow Bowling. Joyce Feriabow Bowling. And you can catch her in the Boston Herald. I had a great time talking to her. Once again, we are going to talk a lot more and uh, I, I just really think it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. I liked her. <laughs> There's so much to talk about, but I, the fact that she's for union busting, my goodness. I mean, there are we're into libertarian uh, quarters now, and that's just a uh, arm's length away from conservatism there. Um, and um, into you know, <laughs> I was I thought I liked what she said about uh, Aunt Jemima and uh, Uncle Ben and all that stuff. And uh, both so much more of what she talked about. Uh, you know, I was I was pleasantly just surprised at some of the things she she uh, said, and uh, the insight was was good. And that is interesting too to have a uh, you know you hear more and more parents talk about having talks with uh, their kids, uh, minority par parents uh, talk, talking about having talks with their kids, and that is that is something. I, my kids are screaming right now in the next room. By the way, I have to have a different kind of talk with them. But uh, that is something that uh, has got to be, Jesus, it's got to be a serious and cold, stone cold moment. But she obviously got into uh, all sorts of depth and policy and and uh, and um, really, I I liked hearing it. I felt enriched by the conversation. And um, like I said, we have differences of opinion, but uh, I intend to talk to her more. So you can follow me on Twitter at Tom Shattuck, and uh, you can email me, by the way. My email is Winchester, the poor part, W-I-N-N, Chester, C-H-E-S-T-E-R, at gmail.com. Um, not, it's not because I'm a Winchester uh, patriot. My middle name is Win, W-I-N-N. W-I-N-N, Chester at gmail.com, Winchester at gmail.com. And um, you've already got me on Twitter, probably. We're on, uh, you might be listening on iTunes. We're on the other ones, too, except for Google Play. For some reason, I'm in trouble with, with them, so I'm not, on, I'm not over there. I, I'm going to be on uh, YouTube very shortly. So, hey, by the way, so this is show number five. Thanks for everybody who's jumped on so far. And uh, give me your feedback. You can just do it right on Twitter as well. I assume I have a bit of a beating coming from uh, after this one. Where, <laughs> But we'll see. Just let me know. I'd, I'd take uh, all of your feedback. I love doing this stuff and uh, and uh, would love to, uh, you know, communicate with you, you know, any way you want. If you can just, uh, just reach out. I'm, I'm right here. Consider a subscription for the Low Sun, as a matter of fact. All right, guys. We'll see you later. I know, I know, regardless of the 548,000 emails, uh, you still want to hear the song, so here you go.
great edit by me right there. Did you catch it? Your radio folks probably would. C'est la vie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.